Hey everyone, Greg here with another week of reviews on See It or Shove It. Each week I give you my opinion on the latest film releases, and I advise you whether you should spend your time and money to see it, or shove it all together and pretend it doesn't exist. Thanks to theater subscription programs, I try to see every movie I can, and see more movies each year than I have in the past. It's time for an update on my yearly goal. For this year, I'm hoping to see 264 movies, with 149 of those being seen in the theaters. As of this recording, I have seen 115 films, of which 67 of those have been in the theater. Now, let's get started on this week's show. New movies this week include Ethan Hawke as he terrorizes neighborhood children in the horror film The Black Phone, Top Gun Maverick director Joseph Kaczynski reunites with Miles Teller in Spiderhead, and Austin Butler and Tom Hanks take us inside the story of Elvis. And later, I will take a look at the HBO Max series The Baby. First up is The Black Phone. Set in a Denver suburb, During the late 1970s, a town is terrorized when local children begin getting kidnapped on a regular basis. Hello? Don't hang up. Who are you? The beginning of the film shows siblings Finney and Gwen making their way through their lives while living with their abusive and alcoholic widow or father. Finn is often bullied at school and one day is saved from a fight by his friend Robin who encourages him to stand up for himself when he is being picked on. Pretty soon, both Robin, as well as another peer, Bruce, are both abducted by a mysterious person nicknamed the Grabber. As it turns out, Finn's sister Gwen has acquired her late mother's trait of having psychic visions in her dreams, and the abductions come to her and include a black van and black balloons. She is interrogated by the local investigators and beaten by her father, who does not want her to have this trait. A few days later, as he walks home from school, Finn runs into the Grabber, who kidnaps him and locks him in a barren basement containing only a pathetic skuse of a mattress and a disconnected black phone. Finn begins receiving calls on the phone. On the other end is the spirits of the previously lost children who try to help Finn escape. I rate this movie a... See it! This movie was so creepy and had several scenes that were genuinely scary, which is what I expect when I watch a horror movie, but I often don't find it to ever happen. The atmosphere throughout was one of dread. Oscar nominee Ethan Hawke, wearing a mask throughout most of the film, stars as the grabber, and he seems to be having a ball in this. He proves that Pennywise the Clown isn't the only one who can lure and terrorize children with balloons. The child actors were a mixed bag, with some showing admirable chops and others not so much, but it didn't distract from the film overall. I really liked the suspense and it grabbed my attention throughout. 
If you're looking for a creepy film with some good jump scares, this is a good one to check out. Also debuting this week is the film Spiderhead, now streaming on Netflix and starring Miles Teller, Chris Hemsworth, and Journey Smollett. Teller and Smollett are two inmates at a modern penitentiary where Hemsworth works as a scientist. He uses the prisoners to perform experiments on by using mind-altering drugs. Your presence in this facility, while technically a punishment, is a privilege. Where have you been? Drug study? In science, we have to explore the unknown. They've been testing me up and down. A lot weirder stuff than usual. This is new frontier stuff here. Before we begin, I need your permission to administer Dan 40. This place can really mess with your head. Drip on. Acknowledge. Drip on. Acknowledge. Acknowledge. Yeah, acknowledge. Let's do this. The drugs they are given alter their emotions and understanding of their surroundings. Jeff, played by Teller, is given an N40 drug known as the love drug. The drug forces him to be intimate with two of his fellow inmates. This leads Steve, played by Hemsworth, to then have him decide which of them will receive the drug that causes intense physical and psychological pain. When he can't decide between the two women, Steve tells him that they have decided for him leading to one of the women to commit suicide due to all the pain. The rest of the film shows Jeff trying to unlock the mystery of the prison before any more inmates can get hurt. This film gets a... Shove it. Despite a very competent cast, this film never quite takes off. The mystery of why Hemsworth's character is doing this to the prisoners and what the outcome will be starts off nicely, but it doesn't land when everything is revealed. The performances were all fine, and the direction was at times pretty intense, but the storyline just didn't live up to its potential. This was based off of a short story by author George Saunders called Escape from Spiderhead. I think it would have been better served if it was made into a short film rather than an hour and 45 minute feature film. I didn't care how it ended, and when it finally did, it seemed inauthentic. I actually went and read a synopsis of the source material, and had they kept the ending the author wrote, I think they would have really had a nice gut punch of an ending for that film, and it would have been more effective. The final film this week is Baz Luhrmann's return to the big screen with the biopic Elvis, starring Austin Butler as the King of Rock and two-time Oscar winner Tom Hanks as his controlling and manipulative manager, Colonel Tom Parker. In that moment, Elvis the man was sacrificed, and Elvis the god was born. I'm going to show you what the real Elvis is like tonight! You're looking for trouble? You came to the right place. You're looking for trouble? It's looked right in my face. He had no idea what he had done. The film opens in 1997 as Colonel Tom Parker is on his deathbed reminiscing about his relationship with Elvis Presley and how it all started. We are then taken back to Elvis's childhood where he grew up in a poverty-stricken household before he becomes obsessed with the dawning of rhythm and blues music coming from nearby Beale Street in Memphis. 
It is not long before Elvis becomes fascinated with music and becomes determined to have a career in the industry. Tom Parker enters the picture after hearing about Presley on the radio. He soon convinces Elvis to let him begin managing his career. The film takes audiences through the start of Elvis's career when he was taking the world and the censors by storm with his provocative dancing and captivating singing, and follows his life through to the tragic end. This movie gets a... See it! Honestly, I wasn't sure how much I would enjoy this film. While I did enjoy Lerman's take on Romeo and Juliet, I did find his showcase film Moulin Rouge to be a bit pretentious and all style and little substance, and I was afraid he was going to do the same with Presley's story. Fortunately, he did not. And don't get me wrong, there are quite a few of Lerman's glitzy touches peppered throughout, but he allows the story of Presley and Parker to take center stage. And I do credit him for making a nearly three-hour film breeze by with ease. And I don't say that a lot about three-hour films. Hanks gives a solid performance, as always. From what I've heard and read, his performance of Tom Parker is on the nose. But this film belongs in a big way to Austin Butler. He transforms into Elvis in every way. His performance is stunning, and so good that I do think he should be in the conversation come awards season at the end of the year. You don't necessarily have to be an Elvis fan to enjoy this, although if you are, I think you'll love it. The story that is told showcases just how influential he was in the music industry and how it shaped into the music that we listen to today. So that's it for this week's featured films. To recap, The Black Bone gets a See It rating and is in theaters, Spiderhead gets a Shove It rating and is streaming on Netflix, and Elvis gets a See It rating and is only in theaters. Additionally, it's time for my lightning round reviews of some movies that may or may not be worth your while in my segment called Quick Picks. Oscar-nominated actor Tim Roth gives a great performance in the character study Sundown, which is streaming on Hulu, and I give it a mild see-it. Kristen Stewart gives a hell of a performance as Princess Diana in her Oscar-nominated role in the movie Spencer, and that's also a mild see-it, and that's on Hulu. And two of my favorite movies of last year are on HBO Max. The first is Blue Bayou, starring Oscar winner Alicia Vikander, and the other movie is The Crazy Last Night in Soho, which premieres on HBO Max on Friday, the 1st of July. Both of these are definite see-its. Now let's shift to television in my segment, Binge It or Singe It. I only have one series to focus on this week, and it is the HBO Max British import, The Baby, a psychological horror series with flashes of comedy sprinkled in. The limited series stars Michelle Desuarte as Natasha, a 38-year-old single woman who is starting to feel the loneliness of adulthood when all of her social friends begin having babies and growing their families. One night, her life takes an unexpected turn when, literally out of thin air, she encounters an abandoned baby. Against her will, she is forced to remain with this baby because it will not leave her alone. No matter how hard she tries, the baby continues to appear in her life. 
It turns out the baby has manipulative and violent powers, as well as the ability to kill anyone or anything that irritates it or Natasha. The series spends time with Natasha trying to figure out what the baby wants and where it came from, while at the same time turning Natasha's life upside down. The first half of the eight-part series got off to a great start. The thrills were there, and it kept me hooked. I wanted to know what was going on with this kid. There's also an enigma named Mrs. Eves, who suddenly appears throughout this series and tries to help Natasha break the curse of the baby before it's too late. She is played by Amira Gazalia, who incidentally is a dead ringer for the cashier at the Aldi store near me, but that's beside the point. Once the series started dipping into the history behind the baby, I felt it dragged the story down with it. I felt it spent too much time, more specifically an entire episode and a half, explaining the backstory. It had a difficult time getting back on track for me, and I started to get bored. I will also note that if you are like me and you're a dog lover, there is a scene in there, I'm just giving you a trigger warning, that it doesn't end well for the dog. So if you do end up watching it and you get to the episode and it involves a dog, you may want to turn away or just go to the next episode. But overall, the first half did not outweigh the second half. And because of this, I have to give it a mild singe it. So that's it for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I am so grateful. Support your local theaters by going to see some of the movies I've reviewed on this and other episodes. And while you're at it, please share my podcast with your movie and TV-loving friends and family. I appreciate all of your support. A couple of programming notes. Starting next week, Binge It or Singe It will be taking a brief summer vacation as I continue to binge some more shows to bring to you. I need to stock up on the pantry of my shows. Also next week... I will be traveling back to my home in Orlando on the day I normally record See It or Shove It. So instead of skipping a week, next week's episode will be recorded before I travel. And now that we're halfway through the year, I thought it would be good to focus on the best and worst of 2022 so far, with expanded reviews of films that were released prior to the inception of this podcast. So look forward to that episode and come back again the week after when those pesky yellow creatures return to the big screen in Minions, The Rise of Gru, we get another take on Pride and Prejudice in Mr. Malcolm's List, and Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman return with the sure-to-be blockbuster Thor Love and Thunder. Follow me on Instagram at roostersdad73 and rate me wherever you get your podcast, and I'll get with you again next week. This episode of Cedar Shove It was recorded in Troy, New York, and is produced by Gregory B. Productions. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved.